0: and lots of theme uh, in the scriptures that we've read uh, for the lessons today. I would like to lift one word from each of the readings, one word. The first from Corinthians is wait. And from the Gospels, watch. Wait and watch. Wait and watch. Do you get the idea that I want you to remember that? Please say it with me. Wait and watch. That was essentially the theme of that whole period of time leading up to the birth of our Lord Jesus. Israel had been taken into captivity. The temple had been sacked and burned it was a time of forlornness, a time of being aware of their sins against god and crying out for a messiah and a redeemer they were acquainted with the readings of the prophets and the promise of a coming one who would deliver them from their sins and to restore them so they were waiting and they were watching And during Advent, we read the book of Isaiah, and in some ways, we reenact, we submerge ourselves in the story of waiting and watching on the part of Israel. And so we relive it, we enter into it, and it leaves us with a building anticipation of approaching Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, where we celebrate the birth of Christ the Messiah who has come, the Deliverer who has entered into the world and the one who is now, as we know, after the fact, seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning. But we enter in during Advent through the readings waiting and watching. Waiting. And watching so beyond reliving and entering into the story I would ask the question what does waiting and watching mean for you and for me today in 2020 not just for identifying with what took place over 2,000 years ago What does it mean for us here on November the 29th, 2020? I'd like to share with you something that I believe is the key to understanding all of the New Testament and the attitude of the first century Christians. And it's from the first chapter of the book of Acts. I'm not going to take the time to read that entire chapter, but I will refer you to a few verses that I believe offer insight as to how the first Christians were prepared in their hearts and their minds and the attitude and the posture that they took. And here we go. Verse 1 says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Forty days after the resurrection, and he spoke about what? The kingdom of I'm enlisting your help to deliver this sermon. What did he speak to them about for 40 days? The kingdom of God. How would you have liked to have been part of that Bible study? 40 days, and it's very clear that he taught them about the kingdom of God having to do with the rule of God in your life personally, in the life of your family, in your church family, the rule of Christ in the marketplace, the rule of Christ in culture, the rule of Christ in the world. That was the all-encompassing message of the kingdom of God that Jesus instructed them about for a period of six weeks. Amazing and awesome. So it's pretty clear the message that he was leaving with the church to steward and to faithfully proclaim was a message about the kingdom kingdom of God. I believe we have that. Later on in this same chapter, we're skipping forward to his final words of instructions to the disciples. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has sent by his own or set by his own authority, but you will receive power. The word is dunamis, from which we get dynamite. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he gave them the message about, but he said, don't go anywhere until you receive what? Power from on high. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You have the message to proclaim, but don't go anywhere till you receive the power that comes by the Holy Spirit, which to me says you have the message, but you can't proclaim it like it needs to be proclaimed and declared unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit resting upon you and accompanying you. We don't have the ability just out of knowledge to see the will of God effectually worked out. We have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for it to be dynamically experienced and applied. So the message is the kingdom of God, but we're dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to declare it and proclaim it as it is intended. And then thirdly, in verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight wonder what that was like. Here they were with Jesus, getting final instructions and the command to wait in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And as he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and the cloud hid him from their sight. Taken up into the cloud. Now, the verse that follows says, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. And I thought to myself, I just bet they were. Looking intently as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? And I thought, if I'd have been there, I think I would have said, did you just see what happened? Do you not understand why I'm staring up into the sky and why I'm gazing? Jesus was just taken up into the clouds and hidden from us. But then the messenger said, this same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Same Jesus that you've seen taken up, will come back the same way that you've seen him go. I've spent many, many hours of my life pondering what that's going to be like and what that will be like when he has an appearing that all shall be able to see. I can't take it in because I'm so limited by this finite mind. But the scripture assures us that he is coming, that he is returning, and that the same way that we've seen him go, we shall see him come back. So what do we do as New Testament believers gathered at the Abbey in November of 2020 do? We wait and we what? We watch. We wait and we watch. Now the portion in 1 Corinthians 1, that we read today. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. I propose to you that there is an ongoing revelation of Jesus, and that is the revelation that comes by the Holy Spirit now in anticipation of, of the day of the Lord when he shall come in power and rule and reign as Lord of all. So waiting for Jesus to be revealed has a sense of imminent expectation that he will come and is coming and is making himself known in the earth to which we say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, and open our eyes that we might see him, open our hearts that we might receive him, open our, our, our minds that we might perceive the presence of the glory of God in the earth, even now as we anticipate his return to take us to be with him forever. So we're waiting, we're waiting, or Jesus to be revealed. I was blessed to have lived in the late 60s and early 70s during what was called the Jesus movement. And in those days, there was such a move of the Holy Spirit. How many here were that lived during those days? If you could put your hand up. Thank you. I'm not alone. Those were days of the move of the Holy Spirit and an unfolding revelation of the person of Jesus. That's why they called us the Jesus people. It's because all we ever talked about was Jesus. And when we'd get together uh, in in our gatherings, I, I remember the first occasion I had four young people call me up and say, can we come over to your house and have a Bible study? And I thought to myself, Jeepers, I've been doing youth ministry a long time. I think I'm ready to move on. I said, but oh, okay. So they came on a Saturday night, and I, I tried to open my mouth. The Holy Spirit fell. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they excitedly said, can we bring some friends next week? I said, well, okay. We lived in a little log cabin up in the woods, and so they brought some more friends you know, when I I started to open my mouth and mumble something, the Holy Spirit would move. People would be filled with the Spirit. People would come to know Jesus. And I tell people, in those days, in that time of the Holy Spirit's work, revealing Christ, if somebody sneezed, something would happen. If, If you coughed, something would happen across the room. I remember one young man came over to the house and he, he knelt before me in, in my living room and he said, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. So I opened up the Bible and I just read him a few verses out of the book of Acts. And uh, so I thought it was about time for me to do something, maybe pray for him. So Pete was his name. I said, so Pete, he was, you know, a number of feet away from me Uh, kneeling before me, and I just raised my hand like this, like I was going to pray, and he fell over backwards, praying in the Holy Spirit. I said, wait a minute, I haven't prayed yet. I haven't laid hands on him yet. Those are the kinds of things that happen when the Holy Spirit is revealing the person and the power of Jesus. I, for one... I'm waiting for a fresh move, fresh breath, fresh anointing, fresh power. But I'm also watching, and we together should be watching for his appearing. We get so earthbound, and so caught up with the chaotic things around us, we get so caught up in things that pull us earthward, we need to come back to these verses and say, wait a minute, he's coming. Jesus is coming. They remember in a day when people would often preach about the second coming of Christ and his return, To receive the church into his presence and to share in his glory forever. And that message rang so deep and so rich within their hearts. I'm not kidding you. They would go to the door or they'd go to the window and they would look out and they'd say, maybe today. Maybe today. Maybe today. Is the day. As we wait and as we watch, maybe today. Do you know what? You know what? Maybe today. Maybe today. Do you think if we lived in the light of that message? We would live differently if we look up and we say, maybe today. We're watching and we're getting ourselves ready for our King is coming. I'm tempted to take off in song. There is a song, The King is Coming. There's something about expectation, about anticipation in the church of the coming of the Lord that purifies the bride of Christ so finally and the reason that pastors and preachers use that word finally is they want you to know they're coming to the end of their message When you hear somebody saying, finally, it probably really doesn't mean a whole lot, but this will. I want you to picture with me the first century believers who were not very sophisticated in terms of their theological development and their theological formation and their theological ideas. They were people that had a simple message. And that message was, what was the message Jesus gave them? Wait and watch. But the message he gave them for 40 days was the kingdom of God. So they were occupied and concerned about being faithful to communicate the message of the kingdom of God. They were also keenly aware of the fact that they needed power from on high if they were going to effectively deliver the message and proclaim the gospel. And then they had the assurance that this same Jesus that was taken up from them would return the way that he was taken up. He would return. And so those three elements, Please hang on to these. The message was the kingdom. They were dependent upon the power and they were constantly looking up with expectation and anticipation of the coming king. Can you see that? We're proclaiming the kingdom. Lord, come in your power and fill us. Maybe today. Maybe today. That's the simple message by which we live. And that is what we wait for. And that's what we're on the alert, watching for. So my invitation and my exhortation to you and to my own heart today is wait and watch. Wait and watch. And you finish it for me. A little more robust, please. Wait and then One more time. Wait and then Amen.